Season three, season Slumgullion. And welcome to our third annual Slumgullion Year End of Times. Yes. <laughs> you beat me to the joke and you made it funnier, you bastard. <laughs> See, well, that's the way I wanted to go out. <laughs> now it's fine. If it's it's if it's the end of the year or the end of my life, whatever. As long as I got to the joke first, that's all I care about. Anyway, thanks for joining us, whether it be uh, New Year's Eve or whether you be coping with a hangover, whatever. We're going to look back at this crappy, crappy year and uh, seek out the high points because you know us. We are incredibly positive and optimistic. So you really want to go through this shit, huh, Scott? I just wanted to say it with a straight face. I think I got close. <laughs> I don't know. I heard a smirk in there somewhere. Uh, well, you know me too well. All right. Well, we're going to talk about some of the things we saw this year, including something we saw that we didn't talk about. And then we're going to look ahead to what's coming up and see if there's anything worth living for. <laughs> okay. Can I just say, can I just say real fast? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as, as we end 2018, begin to end, begin 2019. Thank God it's over. Oh, Do yeah. you remember last year uh, at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, when we spent pretty much the entire episode bitching about what a horrible year 2017 was? I have a vague recollection of that. Those were good times. Oh man. I look back on that and I just think, you know what? That was an Annis Mirabilis. Uh, just, 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 just uh, never mind. I'm, I can't even go on with the joke. <laughs> things have, well, things have gotten slightly better, but not much, folks. We all know it. Yeah, yeah. And and we're we're the we're the one podcast that's not going to talk about that. Uh, may I direct you, if that is uh, what you're seeking, to uh, Trapo Chap House. I'm sure they can satisfy your needs. Um, we're gonna. We're going to concentrate on what's been going on in film, in TV. And, you know, that stuff goes on, that marches on regardless of what's happening in the world. Some of the best films uh, that that ever came out of the golden era of studio Hollywood emerged in 1939, a year when basically the world blew the hell up. And and what did we get at the end of this year to celebrate or mourn the end or, or, or kick in the balls, the dying 2018? We got Holmes and Watson. Oh, did you see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, oh, I had to. I had to. I had to know. I, I thought about it, but then I, I basically Twitter grabbed me by the arm, spun me around and said, no. Don't. I, I had to know. And? I just, I, it's, uh, um, it killed my buzz. Oh, it really? was a buzz kill film. I, I did not laugh once. Not once. 
Not 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 once. Now, I, I think I have achieved some sort of growth as a human being because in the old days, I would go on an extremely loud and vulgarity filled rant about the makers of this film, everyone involved in this film for putting such unfunny and universally thought of as unfunny, by the way, comedy on the screen. But but I am above that now. So all I am going to say is it was not a good film and fuck everyone involved in it. Oh, my God, Scott. <gasps> Everybody was waiting for me. I think they all went wanting to see my reaction. They knew it was going to suck and they wanted to see me melt down. And they were disappointed. Oh, no, I melted down. Oh, OK. All right. So you're you're just you you melted down you you purged and you're you're not you're not banking those embers of of hatred and resentment you're 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 done with it you're I got I got I got my fuck you out I can move on All yes right. oh no trust me the, the 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 hatred that was being spewed during about ten minutes in for about an hour and a half afterwards people i went with i think they were i don't know if they enjoyed it or they hate me now i'm not sure they were laughing schadenfreude is a bitch man you know what that that is growth you you have you have matured as a person but all i will say is yeah fuck 2018 for for posting this turd burglar at the end of the year however (laughs) however I can also say real fast that with the bad does come the good here. I will I will fit into your to your rose colored glasses theory. How's that, Scott? Uh, I'd like to see you try. Okay, today, today, in fact, as we record this about an hour, about two hours before we recorded this, I watched what is now officially my favorite film of 2018. Uh, And that is on almost the final day of the year i see the best movie of the year i'm forcing scott to watch it and we're talking about it in the new year i am talking about one cut of the dead all i am going to say is it is a japanese zombie comedy about the making of a zombie film and i will leave it at that there is so much more well we'll get to the so much more in probably our first show of the new year I fucking loved this movie. And all I knew going into it was that it was about folks making a horror flick. That's all I knew. That's all you need to know. Don't read reviews. Just if you like horror, if you like comedy, if you like truly insane films, I, I cannot recommend this puppy enough. It is a winner. I am so happy that I saw it today. All right. But, but fuck the world for Holmes and Watson. Moving on. <laughs> We almost got there. We almost said, and we're ending on a high note. Thank you. All right. So we both saw Aquaman. Let's briefly cover that before we before we do our little retrospective. Uh, you said something. You texted me something very interesting. I'm going to read it. Aquaman reminded me a lot of Venom. It's totally all over the place and kind of a mess. Unlike Venom, it knows this and embraces it and is kind of all the better for it. Now, that is an interesting point. I didn't even think of that comparison, but I I can't kind of get it out of my head now. Really? Yeah, because it is tonally, it is melted Neapolitan ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) And it was kind of fun because you really didn't know, once you realized that it wasn't going for a tone, uh, it was going for tones aplenty, you kind of stopped demanding it be a thing 
and just waited to see what the next thing it was going to be was. And I mean, that was as I also told you, this is the first time. This is the absolute first time in a superhero film where I have enjoyed the CG splooge fest at the end. Yeah, I I was totally on board for that by the end of this movie. I mean, I knew it was coming, but then when it happened, I'm like, you know what? This looks cool. I'm down. Yeah, I had a problem about 60% of the way through the movie when we're seeing a lot of Atlantis, or we have seen a lot of it. And it's a very realized world. It's it's gorgeous and detailed and and spectacular and colorful. And none of what you're seeing is any has any analog in the real world. So it's sort of like I can't judge how good this is because it's not like, oh, did you see that amazing castle or that incredible recreation of the Roman Colosseum or it's it's, it's just pure fantasy. It's just it's a it's a Frank Frazetta cover come to life. So for a while it was like, well, it's just it's a cartoon. They they could show me anything and I would just have to go, okay, I think the most realistic thing I saw was like a, you know, a coelacanth. Right. And once I got past that, I go, okay, I'm just going to let this wash over me. And uh, as I, as much as I have mixed feelings about the film, generally positive, but mixed. I loved Jason Momoa. And I think he's exactly the kind of hero the DCEU desperately needs right now. One who just doesn't, doesn't give a crap about creating any sort of, mythic figure he's a guy who'll you know do the shaka gesture at you he's a guy who'll tell you to hang loose he's a guy who'll you say well maybe we should pee on it the the other ones they were reaching they were striving for this sort of mythic status and failing by and by the others i mean superman and batman i i'm exempting wonder woman from all of this and he was he was a, a refreshing change from all that it there was still a little bit of this kind of shakespearean struggle between the brothers that I think was yes. a hold I think that's kind of a holdover from one the comics but two uh the Snyderverse approach which they have which they haven't completely purged yet they're working on it they're working on it System. although I do have to say you know as much as I enjoyed the comic book feel of this movie as, as pulpy you know fo- skull, silver age fun I believe would be a proper way of putting it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I th- with the good it comes with the bad because I'm this is going to get me hate, but I don't care. I hate the way that the Black Mantle looks in live action. I just think he looks dippy. It's a great representation of the character. I completely agree with that, but in live action, I think it just looks stupid. And I'm going to get it out. Of, I'm just going to say it. Ocean Master is a horrible name. Uh, Ocean Master is a terrible name. It it just that was. <laughs> It just, it's like Ocean Master, steaming mad at the ocean. Oh my it God, just, Scott, I just realized what this film truly reminds me of. What? And I'm not even going to be, I still say Venom totally all over the place, but this film kind of reminds me of Flash Gordon. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just sit back, let it wash over you and have a good time. Not, not as good a score. Not as good a score, no, not at all. But this, this is this is a, this is 2019's Flash Gordon, and that's not a bad thing. That's it's really not. Uh, okay, yeah, all right. That was one of the things that I loved about Flash Gordon when I saw it even back in the day was that it was kind of all over the place. Kind of. Right. Okay, it was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was the 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 plot of Flash of of. 
Flash Gordon is basically a Jackson Pollock painting. I still remember, and 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 at the time I loved it because it had Richard O'Brien, and I was doing Rocky Horror at the time. Okay. So right there, there was a big thing. There was a big thing for me right there. But I I still remember this. I have not seen the film in a long time, but this line is just burned into my brain. I don't remember when in the film it happens, but Dale saying, "I love you, Flash. We only have twelve minutes left to save the Earth." Oh right, yeah. You know, I I I have not seen Flash Gordon. Since it was in theaters. I've, I saw it like once, maybe 10, 15 years ago on home video. No, it was on some streaming, not streaming service, on one of the star channels. And um, I watched it on cable because I was flipping through channels and I heard the queen. I heard that queen baseline playing. The movie was just starting. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it was the opening of the film. The first time that baseline plays is right when I flipped over. So I'm like, oh, oh, beginning. Cool. <laughs> one thing about Flash Gordon is it looked great. And I, I, I thought that even though I am a huge partisan of the, the 1930s Buster Crab Flash Gordon serials, because those were amazingly art directed. Those have an incredible look to them. And, and I was a child and I watched those because those were they always showed two episodes mm-hmm. on it was Friday. It was either Friday or Saturday late at night where there would be there was usually like the horror movie host. Then there would be like Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers and then a really crappy B-movie. We had a short-lived cartoon host, and I don't remember what his name was, but he he showed Popeye cartoons and the usual thing. But they also showed the Flash Gordon serials, and that's what I was there for at at age seven. I I was agog at all that. So I was a little resistant to the new Flash Gordon because I knew it wasn't going to be that. And it was just such a mess that I kind of forgave it. But... I, I remember thinking, well, you know, the, it, it's pretty stunning to look at. And I have a feeling now it's going to look terrible if I try to watch it on like a, a high def TV because I, I saw, uh, what's it called? Dragon, Dragon Slayer? Oh, I remember Dragon Slayer. Best dragon ever. It, it, it used a technique called go motion, which was like stop motion. But instead of taking a shooting a frame of a static figure, then moving it. And then shooting another. In other words, the movement takes place between the frames, which gives it that jerky appearance that uh, King Kong has. They would they actually had had rods that they optically removed and they would move the the model of the dragon fractionally as they were shooting that the single frame. So it it was really a much, much better effect. And I thought, oh, well, they're never going to get any better than this. And I saw it on a high def TV within the last year and thought, Oh, this will be great and fun. And no, you could see, <laughs> you could see every layer of optical effect. It was kind of sad how, how today's high definition just, just takes those old movie effects apart and just there, they, it leaves them shivering naked and afraid. I don't actually think I would watch, uh, if I were going to watch flash Gordon again, I would think I would go to the new Beverly cinema where it occasionally it occasionally appears. Yeah, watch it in the theater. There you go. Besides, part of it, part of the fun of there's there's kind of something sad about watching a, a, a film whose whose basic appeal is camp by yourself. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, you just feel like like a very lonely Vincent Price. <laughs> so, 2018. 2018. Let's look back uh, briefly on 
some of the things we watched and see if we feel the same way about them, if we have changed as people, if they've changed in the rearview mirror. Now, one thing, we started the year talking about Star Wars Rebels, and we ended, uh, oddly, not talking about Star Wars Resistance at all. We haven't mentioned it at all. And I haven't watched all of it yet. I was going to say, all I have watched is the first episode. So let's talk briefly about the first episode. I hated it. Yeah, me too. And part of it was that Poe is there. And yes, you've got you've got Oscar Isaac. You're you're going to use him. But it's one of those, you know, special guest star episodes where they, they, they take over the whole thing. And we're supposed to be meeting these characters. And they don't get that much screen time. And our hero is of minor interest to anybody. And it just, I, I thought, really, is this a Dave Filoni joint? Because it has none of the, the the gripping character dynamics that I've come to associate with his work. And, you know, as much as I like Poe, you know what that reminded me of? What? His inclusion is like to the exclusion of the new characters that we're supposed to get to know. Mm-hmm. The fucking Enterprise series finale. Oh, right. I, I, I had I had the exact same vibe watching that. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right at all. When, what was it? Riker and Troy basically take over the episode. Yeah, they're right? watching. They're watching the finale in the holodeck, and I because it's and it's a, and it takes place like at some point during the Enterprise history, right before Riker does something. I don't remember, and I don't care. All I remember is I wasn't even that big of a fan of an Enterprise that much, and I thought that was a slap in the face. Yeah, I wasn't either. I actually fell out of the Enterprise fandom before. For the end of the third season. Apparently it got good in the fourth season. See, I actually liked the third season. I couldn't stand the first two, but when they did the season-long arc with the Zindi, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, they're doing a season-long arc. Let's see what they do. And I kind of enjoyed that. And yeah, season four, the multi-arc episodes, it worked. I mean, it, it was finally finding itself, but four years is... No. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. That, that was an insult. And this had the same sort of... It wasn't as bad, but honestly, when I was watching it, that thought popped into my head. So there it is. Yeah, I'm thinking, all right, if you're going to then do a story about Poe, stop trying, stop having him be our guy. See, I know you like me, so I like this kid, so you'll like it. No, no, have the kid come to me on his own, prove himself. I, I, I don't just send me a letter of recommendation from Poe. There, you know, there, there wasn't anybody like that in Rebels, and we grew to like Ezra okay, so I mean, we can we can like new characters. I feel like we have the technology, and we just didn't use it. So I'm know. gonna watch at least the. Fr- I'm gonna watch. I guess I, I'm gonna watch at least the first season. I will give it that much at least. Okay, we'll we'll make a pact. We'll watch the first season. I watched the first season of Discovery, and the ending was it was it was really good for an episode and a half. So who knows? <laughs> That's true. We uh, Discovery was, you know what? I'm going to watch the next season of Discovery just because I think we had some fun discussions about how our very, very mixed feelings about Discovery. I may, I may just to see how they handle Spock. I don't know. I'm kind of like, Ooh, oh, is, is it, uh, that's right. Is Spock. it going to, is this going to be worth my time? I really, I'm not even that big of a fan to begin with. Do I really care that much? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm torn. Well, it'll be a voyage of Discovery. We can all go on together. But I'm bum. 2018. All right. In reverse order. The next uh, thing we saw was Black Panther. Okay. Yeah. Um, I rewatched it fairly recently. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really am not a fan of the CG. Yeah. 
it does it does not look good on TV at all, especially the fight at the end when they're falling down that hole. That looks horrible. That took me out of the film when I rewatched it. Yeah, and I think this is going to become an increasing problem as as people's home video setups become more and more sophisticated. I mean, my sister's got a multiple 5K TV. I don't know what it is, but it's an incredibly high resolution instrument that makes everything that is not similarly HD look, look like, like crap. Yep. Look, yeah, look like a, a soap opera. Yep. But movie-wise, I still like it. I still think it's a great. I still think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I still think the storytelling is in, is incredibly solid. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, the characters are all rather gripping. So, and uh, the guy who uh, who leads the Gorilla Tribe is going to be the lead of the new Jordan Peele horror movie, Us. I thought that was him. Okay, yeah. thank you for confirmation. Kick ass. All right, another reason to see it. Okay, exactly. Uh, the next thing we did was not a movie. We talked to Damien Mafafafafai. The Maffy. The Maffy. The Maffy. Uh, about, uh, what was that? Oh, Strangers Come at the Night. Strangers Pray at Night. That's Stranger right. Night. Which did which did Bafo box office. It did. It did. It did. For a that horror kind of film at that time. He, he, he's been, I, I, I am so happy for that guy. There have been so many projects that I, that I have hoard over the years that haven't come to fruition. <laughs> Yep. And <laughs> it was nice to see him being something this successful. I'm very so cool. Yeah, he's and he's a he's a very personable guy and a and a funny storyteller. And if you missed that episode, it's it's just a half hour. It's uh, it's in our archive. Uh next was Infinity War. Okay, okay. Since I was the grumpy McGrump nuts in that episode, um I rewatched it fairly recently. Yeah, it's on uh, Netflix now. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. No, I actually, um, the the other half of the brain and I rewatched it fairly recently, and I appreciate it as a culmination of ten years of filmmaking, much more as an actual film. Hmm. Now, I think, I think as a this is the first part of a two part story. Fuck you! It is not one film. I'm still angry about that. Uh, <laughs> But I think once I see the entire film, I think I'm really going to like part one. It still pisses me off about how they linger on Peter Parker's death, how it takes longer than anybody when we know that Far From Home takes place after fucking Infinity War. Right. I still the the, the E.T. emotional rape that I brought up the first time I it, that stuck out even more. But I actually enjoyed the film as a film a little more on this rewatch. Thor calling Rocket the rabbit, I think, is just adorable. As yeah. much as I as much as I don't care about what Thor is doing in the forming of the new hammer, which is pointless considering he doesn't need the hammer, but I guess he does need a hammer, but okay, we'll deal with that. Um, just him calling him a rabbit, I think is just the most beautiful thing that they, one of the most beautiful things they've come up with that hasn't come from Taika Watiti. You know, actually, as much as it was little more than a detour in a film that was pretty much made up of digressions and detours, I really did enjoy the subplot featuring Thor and his adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy because, one, it was a, a welcome periodic relief from all the grimness uh, in the rest of the film. And two, because it gave me another bite at the incredibly goofy and delightful apple of joy that was Thor Ragnarok. 
it which just, is still my favorite Marvel film. I'm 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 sorry. I know everyone's put uh, Infinity War up there, but it's uh, once. Well, we'll see once part two of this two part movie comes out, then maybe it'll be my favorite. But right now, Ragnarok is still mine. Here, here's the thing. I don't want to really discuss my opinion of Infinity War because I am almost certain it's going to change once I see Infinity War. What's it called? Uh, Oh, Infinity War Part 2. I'm sorry, you mean Endgame. That's what I mean. Yes. You mean Infinity War Part 2. I I guess I mean that. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about bitching about this, but come on. You're not sorry at all. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to feel differently. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to feel better or worse, but uh, we can talk about it when the new film comes. The next thing we saw was Solo, a Star Wars story. I still like it. I did. I I rewatched it again fairly recently, and I still enjoy it. I agree with you that it doesn't feel epic. Mm -hmm. I I completely agree with you on that, but I'm okay with that. Again, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's an amazing film. I don't think it is a, you know, an amazing piece of cinema, but it's a good drive-in, fun little heist film with Han, sort of, and I'm cool with it. A, uh, friend of mine who contributes to my uh, website, World of Crap, wrote a piece about the Rankin-Bass uh, holiday special, <laughs> Santa Claus. Piece. Thank, uh, I, he, I, yeah, he did, he did a great job. It's called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It is inexplicably narrated by a stop-motion Fred Astaire. And it's basically an unwanted, unnecessary, probably inaccurate, certainly improbable, headache-inducing prequel origin story for Santa Claus. Oh, and can I just say real fast, I did say this on Twitter, but I just have to repeat myself, and sorry to interrupt, but everybody talking about banning Baby It's Cold Outside. Listen to the song If You Sit On My Lap Today from Santa Claus Is Coming to Town. Fuck you, Baby It's Cold Outside is creepy. If You Sit On My Lap Today has creeped me out ever since I was a child. When I first saw that special as a kid, I thought there was something wrong with that song. Ooh. Yeah, even it's, it's I don't know what that says about my my upbringing, but that's neither here nor there. The point of that song always felt weird to me. So if you'd like to look to look at the world through uh, the fractured, damaged lenses that Jeff peers through every day, I'm sure you can probably find that on the YouTube. Oh, it's on the YouTubes. Oh, OK, you've been warned. Yeah, my only feeling with Solo was unnecessary and that all of the Sturm and the Drang uh, that happened with the firings and the rewrites and the new director. All of that was no more, no less than they deserved. Having said Agreed. that, having said that, it was fun. I I had a good time at Solo, uh, aside from certain eye-rolling moments that we we beat to death yep. in our yep. review. So yep. we'll just I, – I, it hasn't changed. I, it's, I have no urge to see it again, but I bear it no ill will. That's, you know what, I can't believe I'm saying this considering I am a lifelong Star Wars fan, but I feel about Solo the same way I feel about the Meg. Fast, fun, and easily forgettable. Ah, that should have been on the poster for Solo. Forget a Star Wars story. Fast, fun, easily forgettable. All right. I would have got in with my, I would have got into that showing with my expectations properly managed. I'm sorry. And there's nothing wrong with that, though. There isn't. No. Now, our next film is one that is probably going to tell you more about us than about films in general. Because 
while you know we were we could certainly look a gift solo in the mouth, we actually kind of had fun with Playgirls and the Vampire. <laughs> you had fun with Playgirls and the Vampire. I you had more fun with it than I did. I guess that's probably true. I guess it says more about me then. Maybe I'm just more forgiving. Maybe I'm just more into nipples. Um. <laughs> Well, you are the straight one, so I'm just, just saying. Okay. Although I don't mind nipples in general. No, you've I've never seen repulsed by them. I mean, you know, don't bring them up. It's like it's like saying, you know, Susquehanna. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say now, if you mention cabbage, however, then it's a whole different story. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a fool. Smart man. So, Playgirls and the Vampire. Yes, that was a 1960 Italian. I I guess it wants us to think horror movie, and there were certainly Actually, some horror things in it i will say Play- playgirls and the vampire did have i think one of my favorite viewing moments of 2018 for us on the show what was that the rehearsal scene no oh, right <laughs> that the rehearsal when, when the girls are quote unquote dancing that was that that was truly hysterical <laughs> yeah it was like everybody was uh, all the girls on the dance floor were dying by a different household accident and and they were one all stepped on a, one stepped on yeah one stepped on a on a nail one was getting electrocuted and they were all on varying levels of heroin yeah and and we on not nearly enough <laughs> so. oh that was fun but <laughs> there you go that's our capsule review next was happy time murders which i don't think anybody else on earth saw except us Actually, no, there was, I did see, I did see love on Twitter, but I also saw a lot of hate. This is all I'm going to say. I bought it. Did you really? Don't at me. I fucking love that movie. The more I watched it again, I liked it even more. Okay. I think, I, I think it is a beautiful, and we discussed this when we reviewed it. I will say it again, having seen it a second time. If he had gone into a bar and there had been a puppet on a piano doing a Chanteuse number, this would have been my favorite film of the year. Yes, as you said at the time, it was uh, one musical number shy of being the greatest Muppet movie possibly ever made. Certainly the greatest Muppet movie that involved... Um, Semen in a can. An aerosol can. With all that that implies. I I still absolutely adore it. I think it's a brilliant parody. I think it's even... Seeing it a second time, I actually appreciate the parody aspect even more, I think. Yeah, that's what I mostly responded to at the time. And I, I did really like the fact that they... How much of it they played seriously, surprisingly. Yes, yes. And I will say it again. I would thoroughly love another movie with that character as the lead. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that you cannot you cannot make a good parody or satire of a genre that you don't personally like, because you will not have absorbed enough of it, and you you right. won't you won't know what makes it appealing. Which is why the fact that Galaxy Quest was made by the world's biggest Star Trek nerds no comes as no surprise whatsoever. So anyway, next was the 1974 Italian film. Strip nude for your killer. Fuck this movie. I was thinking about this today. This remains the most deliberate. Well, all right. All right. Let me put it this way. It remains the most misogynist film I have ever seen. And it left me with a question. Was this film as horribly misogynistic as it is because the director hated women? In which case, 
that's kind of interesting because I'd like to sit down and go, okay, what happened to you? Right. What's, what's your deal? Or is he simply a typical example of a of a early mid seventies Italian male, and those were the prevailing attitudes at the time. In which case, good grief, it must have, must have sucked to be a woman in Italy, because that film oozes just hatred and contempt for anything with a vagina. Folks, I saw and appreciated a Serbian film, and I wanted to shower after strip nude for your killer. That should tell you something. Yeah, I, I, at the time, I, I mean, I did too, but it was mostly because everyone was showering. So I just felt like peer pressure was getting to me. <laughs> oh, th- that movie. Oof. That was a, that was bad. That was that was a tough one. That, that was, was a tough one. That, may, that think, was that. That's our Manos so far. Yes. I'm going to call it right now. Strip New Fear Killer was was the low point of 2018 as far as movie going for me. There wasn't anything I saw in theaters or on TV for the show or not that I hated more than that movie. I would agree with you on that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Strip News for Your Killer is the worst thing that I saw in 2018 as well. Uh, The next film we saw was actually uh, may may have benefited a bit by the comparison, but I still think has its own intrinsic values. Uh, That was Venom. (laughs) I, I, uh, uh, did I see it a second time? Yeah, I have seen it twice. And it's not a good film, but I like it. Yeah, and it's not, uh, certainly it's not misogynistic because the only relationship it really cares about, as you pointed out, is the one between Eddie and the, the monster, the symbiote. It, 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 exactly. The director had a big boner for shipping those two. And it worked because by the end of it, I was really happy that they got together. I think so. <laughs> That's the thing that amazes me. I love I love seeing people like on the Twitters talking about they don't understand why Venom made so much money because it was such a fucking mess. And I'll tell you exactly what it is. People totally responded to Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy made that movie. He's like Nick Cage, but not at the end of his career. Let me put I'll be. I still say, and I've gotten into arguments over this before, and that's fine. Um, I like his portrayal of Mad Max better than Mel Gibson. Hmm. Only for one reason. Because he was insane. Yes. He'd been driven insane by everything he saw. Yeah, Gibson. He was was Mad Max. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever thought that Max was mad. Yeah, because Gibson played uh, the, the typical strong, silent, classic male hero archetype. And nothing wrong with that. What I liked about his performance is that when you first meet him, he is so insane that not only is he talking to himself, but I don't think even he can understand the demented ravings he's muttering under his breath. Uh, and, and yeah, he gradually gets pulled out of his head over the course of the film by his growing relationship with Furiosa and the other women. But, uh, you know, Tom Hardy was in an odd situation of being the title character of a movie that's not really about his character. And some actors I can think of, but won't name, uh, would react rather insecurely to that sort of thing and try to pull focus from Charlize Theron's character by interpreting Mad as big scene-stealing antics. And instead, he played it all very wary and quiet and and mute, in fact, for a large part of the film. In fact, okay, the thing I, I think I really liked best about Tom Hardy's performance in uh, Mad Max Fury Road was that in it, when you first meet him, 
when you're, he's introduced, which is usually you know the time for a, 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 a heroic three-point perspective shot uh, to show you here's your hero, uh, Hardy's Max in any other Mad Max film would be the uh, crazed desert-dwelling hermit that Max would have to kill in the beginning of the film to avoid, uh, you know, becoming an entree. I mean, he's oh, so, yeah. But um, it was a, I don't want to say a brave performance, but it it was... It was a unique performance. It was a unique performance, and I, I respected that, so... And also, I think that his kind of weirdo performance and that, and that kind of perfectly slid into Venom. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, uh, and, and it showed a sense of humor. So it was. I, mean, I genuinely want, I can't believe I'm saying this because it's like, it's not a good film, but I want a sequel to Venom. I want more Tom Hardy playing that character. I want to see their, 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 um, their love bloom some more. And also I want to see if they can make a good movie with these guys. That's a lot of ifs. Uh, I think the closest we can get to any of them is, we probably will get a sequel because it made uh, a buttload of money, which which continues to baffle and infuriate the haters. So, and uh, lots of people like the Last Jedi eat shit. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe spend less time worried about people who like the things you hate. You your hate is your own. Your hate is a special thing, and you don't need it validated by stupid people who don't appreciate how much you're unhappy. There you go. Uh, the next one was a twofer. Uh, we talked about a new and an old film, Halloween 2018 and Adam Age Vampire. Actually, a threefer because we talked about two different versions of Adam Age Vampire. That's right. Uh, I actually, uh, the, the Limey and I rewatched Halloween uh, two nights ago, in fact. Oh, real? Yeah, because it popped up on digital and he pre-ordered it, so rewatched it. Well, we, we had some homework to do, but... Um, I still fucking absolutely love the movie. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I, I, I get some of the criticisms. I have some of my own, but I still think it's the, one of the best slasher films made since the first one. Cause it's actually trying to be more than just a stereotypical slasher film. I, I don't think you can make a typical slasher movie anymore because everybody's seen everything. It did try to do something different in a way that really only it could because there's a handful of uh, iconic characters in the genre. I mean, how do people, most slasher movies, the only person anyone knows by name is the killer. Yep. You know, Michael, Jason, Freddy. Laurie Strode is a, the only non-killer character I can think of. Okay, to be fair, Nancy Thompson. Was she in Nightmare? A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Yeah. She was in a, I'm just saying just as far as people, if you're, I, I'm Laurie Strode, absolutely. I'm just saying modern, more a little slightly more modern. A lot of people would argue Nancy Thompson. All right. Well, I don't want to get in a fight about it. Oh, I don't either because I'll use rocks. Okay. So moving on. Um, I'll just say this about Halloween. I have not rewatched it, so I haven't really well, had understood. a chance to to modify my opinion. I, I looking back on it, I still feel the same way I felt. I, I had a lot of problems with it because right. the, my problems with Halloween are baked into the genre. But there were a lot of things about it I did like. So I I do not begrudge it its, its success at all. Adam Age Vampire, on the other hand, it was um, it was not good, and it was not good in a way that made me feel like it hated me. 
And thankfully, I saw the shorter version, so I feel better about that. And to think originally, I wanted the longer version. <laughs> Don't taunt me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, if you're going to watch Adam Age Vampire. Don't that's the first thing you should know. The second thing is watch the, Please sh- don't. watch the shorter American cut because the lengthier, uh, European cut, uh, contains a lot more footage that makes it incredibly more stupid. <laughs> oh God. 2018. So that was that, that was our year in film. And it was not a distinguished year in a lot of ways, but you know what? And in the end, they give us Holmes and Watson. Fuck you. They gave you Holmes and Watson. This is where I taunt you. I didn't even think about seeing that. Yeah, I know. You're right. I gave myself a clap. Oh, and that's hard to do. Damn it. You got to really be limber. So I got I to gotta, I gotta start washing my hands. I think we'd all appreciate that. So let's look ahead uh, briefly to what's coming up and uh, let's make some predictions that we will either look back upon and marvel at how prescient they were, or if they're stupid and completely wrong, we'll never bring up again. Uh, January 18th, we will see the debut of glass. Now I had bailed out on um, M night Shyamalan. I bailed out on him after I got taken to a screening of uh, Avatar. Uh, that was painful. And I was never going to see another one of his films. And then Jeff saw Split, which looked very stupid to me uh, based on solely upon the trailers. Yep. He, he advised me to go. I did. I, it was not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> I was, much, yeah. much better film than I thought it was going to be. <clears throat> and I'm oddly excited for glass it could be a huge freaking disaster the chances are it will be because if you look at Shyamalan's work split really is the fluke the bulk of his output is pretty crappy but maybe glass maybe he's found his footing again I want to hope I really want to hope so I'm going to go see it regardless of what the reviews say because the reviews were a little clueless about split too that's yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I I went into Split completely not. I I didn't know what it was. I didn't even realize it was a Shyamalan film at first. I just saw uh, James McAvoy. I'm like, all right, cool. But um, now I'm like, and plus Split has Sarah Paulson, an actress that I absolutely love, thanks to American Horror Story. So I'm like, all right, I love this cast. I am intrigued to see how he ties all of this together. Let's party. All right. On February 14th is Alita Battle Angel. I could care less. This is a Robert Rodriguez film or? This is Robert Rodriguez, yes. And that would be the only thing that would like get me to even watch it is just to see because I love him as a director. But I just don't care. Nothing about that trailer intrigued me. Those creepy eyes kind of bugged me out a little. Yep. Yep, they, the eyes are a problem, and they did go back and digitally reduce them in size, apparently, because they were creeping out people so much, more than they thought. The other thing that gives me pause about this is it's it's produced by James Cameron. That's oh, yay. 
That's a bit of a red flag nowadays for me. Is Linda Hamilton doing a voice as Sarah Connor, the greatest female character of all time? You are never going to let that go. No, I'm not. <laughs> so that's a uh, probably, I don't know, maybe anyway. March 8th, Captain Marvel. Oh, abs, I'm going to see it. Of course I am. I mean, I, I, well, yeah. Do you think it's, it's a gonna, it's a Marvel movie? But <laughs> do you think it's going to be good? What's your prediction? Remember, I'm the guy that likes maybe three Marvel films. Actually, likes three Marvel films out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So my prediction is, I will probably walk out going, "That was fun." I, I I would love to walk out of it going put it like and have it pull a Doctor Strange or a, a Thor Ragnarok on me. Me walk out going, "That was awesome," but I have a feeling I'm just going to walk out going, "Okay." Yeah, I have a I have a feeling that I may feel similarly because I have not been wowed by Brie Larson's performance. I know she's a talented actress, but I wonder if this is really in her wheelhouse. And I feel like this is a Marvel movie that could f- prove that the formula is not necessarily greater than the performer. But we'll see. I'm definitely going to see it. So we'll probably wind up talking about it. The next comes shortly thereafter on March 15th. Uh, Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out, Us. First day, first show, if I can arrange it. Do you think it will be good, or are you just hoping? I think it will be good. Yeah, I have. After after Get Out, I'm like, okay, I see this guy's name. I'm going. If he wrote it, I mean, if it's a written and directed by, I will go. Yeah. I may be disappointed, but I, I love that first trailer. I love the poster. I, I mean, I already love what he's doing with with the mar- with the marketing. So I, Jordan Peele knows what he's fucking doing, and I kind of love him right now. We'll see how I feel after the movie, but right now I'm like, all right, pull pull another one, and you may be in the uh, do no wrong category for a while. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, he's. And I mean, the, the fact that he's going to be on the Twilight Zone, the new Twilight Zone reboot that he's involved, I'm like, that's even cooler. Yes, his his genre bona fides are unimpeachable. I feel like he's got a lot, not necessarily to live up to, but he has a lot working against him. One, uh, there's the the sophomore slump, which sophomore is a, slump, which is a real true. thing. And the yes. and the problem with the sophomore slump is not just that people walk out saying, uh, expecting it to be more of the first film, and of course it's not because you want to do something different, and because it's not the thing that they like the first time, they don't like it as much. It's also the fact that first films, passion projects tend to simmer for a long time. You work on the script forever. And when you do a follow-up, oftentimes you're trying to get something in the pipe while you're still hot. So unless this was another idea he'd been nurturing for a while, he the risk is always that you're going to go uh, the full Shyamalan. Right. That, that is true, but... This is me being a smartass, but I after after Get Out, I think Jordan Peele is a slightly more talented writer than Mr. Shyamalan is. Yes, and and he after that film, he deserves um, he, he definitely deserves the benefit of the doubt. However, I have an unfair advantage because you're going to see it first day for a show. If I'm I going, can, if you can, and I'm going to wait for you to text me until afterwards. <laughs> Understood. Before I buy a ticket. Understood. So. Understood. All right. But oh no, absolutely! I that is that is one of the few things that I am gen, genuinely excited for next year. Is that all right? March 29th, 
will herald the release of Tim Burton's Dumbo. Don't care at all. Don't care at all. I know he's made a lot of money for Disney, but this, even if I was not, had not cooled toward Tim Burton in the past few decades, I, I am just opposed purely on a lexicographical basis of anything that calls itself live action and is mostly CGI. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's not a live action elephant. It's created in a computer. Stop saying live action. It's annoying. I also, you know what? I have to this day never seen the original Dumbo. Have no excuse. It's like an hour long. Probably should have. Haven't. Don't care. Oh, speaking of movies, real fast, I must interject something. Um, since we're on the year run. So I also saw Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it. Oh, all right. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It didn't look contemptible. Um, and I don't really care about Mary Poppins one way or the other. I liked it fine I'm when I saw of, it. I'm kind of the same way. I just went in. Honestly, I went to see it because of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. Because I knew they were going to let him. I knew at some point there was going to be, even if he didn't write the songs, I knew there was going to be a song that was going to let him do what he does best. And there is. So I've heard. And I do have to say, the it's. I do agree that there is something truly magical about seeing traditional Disney 2D animation on a big screen again. Yeah. It's... That that and it's not it wasn't even it wasn't even the fact that it was Mary Poppins it hit the nostalgia factor for me because I'm kind of iffy on Mary Poppins either way. But seeing old school animation, that kind of made me go, wow. You know, it's almost more I've seen clips and it's almost more magical to see the obviously fake two dimensional animation interacting with with actual human beings than it is to see human beings interacting with with CGI, which is straining to seem realistic. Yes. So next, April 5th, Shazam. Now, this is far enough in the future that it should tell us if the DCU has indeed changed course, as we suspect from Aquaman, and is pursuing more of a Wonder Woman direction, or if they're stuck in the Brea Tar Pits of Zack Snyder's dark, tarry, petroleum-scented vision of the future. I'm about 99% sure it's the former. I mean, that first trailer is definitely lighthearted. It is. And I don't feel like it doesn't have the desperate feel of somebody who tried to cut together all the lighthearted moments because it seems like there's enough of a narrative um, through through line that I think that's the approach they're taking. And it's absolutely the, the right approach to take to to a story about a boy who turns into a a grown man because he met a wizard because otherwise it could just it's it's a it's kind of an uncomfortable uh coming of age uh, if you sit thing. on my lap today a kiss a toy is the price you'll pay uh-huh yeah pretty much pretty much so yes to keep it as as uh pedo free as possible when you sit on my left knee don't be stingy be prepared to pay that's fucking creepy so it's still in your head. I mean, you can quote it. That's impressive. <laughs> oh, dude, there was almost a common tariff of that special. You know what? There kind of should be. <laughs> don't, don't fucking tempt me, All Scott. Right. All right. Moving on. Don't, a- don't go there. Don't go there. All right. April 2nd, Hellboy. I... <laughs> That's... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Re- That's basically it. Remake, don't care. Just don't I mean, care. it's I, I, I will definitely rent it. I don't know if I'll see it in the theaters. I mean, I love David Harbour on Stranger Things, and I like the fact that this is going to be hard R, supposedly, but I don't care. It, oh, is it supposed to be a hard R? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've said that this is definitely going more towards uh, Mike Magnola's original. Oh, well, hmm. That might change my opinion then. Okay. All right. But I mean, even with that, I'm just like, I, eh, all right. Because, I mean, I, I love Guillermo del Toro. And, I do too. And I loved Ron Perlman in the role. And I thought, I, I had, do too. So, and I thought, well, if they're just going to remake it, I don't care. But if they're going to go toward a more comics feel, Hellboy. I oh yeah, might... no, they've definitely said there is blood in this movie. All right, I might give it a, I might give it a shot. I, I was gonna wait to see like what the, even though I don't give a flaming fuck, you know what people think when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. I do like hearing people's generic opinions. I was gonna wait to see what the reviews were before if I decided whether I saw it in the theater or just wait till rental. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of this is a lot of these things we've barely seen uh, a trailer for, so. There, there's going to be a lot more time to decide as we get close. Still, it's not. Uh, it's never too late to decide to hate. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> that should be our new slogan. Um, Avengers Endgame. Oh, Obviously. you mean you mean Infinity War Part Two? I don't, but I know you do. Uh, I both want to see, and I think it will be good. That's my prediction. I want to see the second half of the movie. So yes. All right. You feel like you pay for the first half. You should get the second half. <laughs> it's like, why doesn't this car have a back seat? I feel like I paid for that. Please this put is, one. Yeah, this is not a Johnny cab, goddammit. <laughs> no, I have a feeling it's going to be good. And like I said, I'm pretty sure that after it, I'm going to have, as a storyteller, a, a, a new, um, not admiration, that's the wrong word, but a new... Um, Appreciation. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for, for the way they handled the first 10 years and trying to tell one story. I think I will appreciate it more, even if I didn't like three quarters of what they did. Alrighty. May 24th, the live action, and in this case, it's actually true, Aladdin. I, it's directed by Guy Ritchie, which could be really good or really bad. More likely to be really bad. Uh, it's got Will Smith. Yeah. My biggest problem is I know that they're using. I'm pretty sure I heard that they were using a lot of the songs from the 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 Broadway musical to make up the length. Oh, really? And I think they're yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not. Unlike Beauty and the Beast, they're not just doing the ones from the movie plus half of one more. I supposedly they are using more songs, but and I'm not a big fan of the Broadway musical, so I just eh. I'm not a huge fan of the cartoon. Uh, um, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. It's not one of my favorites. It was okay. I have a feeling it's aged really poorly, but uh, who knows? I, I haven't. I'm not going to go back and be, try and back that up. So uh, that feels like a renter to me. Uh, next on May 31st, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, baked out of my brain at least first day. Yeah. Yep. Going to go to one of our many theaters that serves alcohol. I'm going to patronize their bartender to within an inch of his life. <laughs> and I'm going to sit down with some with a libation and watch this because how can I not? It's 
I mean, it's probably going to be full of human characters who take up the bulk of the running time and whom I hate. But that's just the price you pay. That was no, diff- was gonna no say, different with the classic Japanese kaiju films. Every giant monster film has a Kenny Scott. In this case, it's played by Millie, whatever, Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. And she might actually be, the just because I like her, the first Kenny that I don't want killed. We shall see. That would be historic. And I would like to be there for that historic moment. <laughs> oh, no, I am. Like, as much as, as much as... I can't say I'm a fan of the Godzilla films. I get it. Wow, this deja vu. I don't get it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. But the, I I enjoyed the 2014 one, even though they killed Brian Cranston, which I thought was the stupidest thing they could have possibly done. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, and the idea of you know like actual like you know I hate as much as I hate CG hate the the abundance of CG CG representations of these giant monsters beating the shit out of each other could be a hell of a lot of fun. It could be, especially since they are showing a a lot of respect for the original character design. That shot, that shot at the end of the trailer where Ghidorah or Ghidorah and Godzilla are running towards each other. Mm -hmm. Well, the first time I saw that trailer, my jaw was dry. I was like, Oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that shot, that was the money shot for me right there. I'm like, I don't want to see anything else. That's enough to get me there. Exactly. Q Futurama meme. Take my money. Exactly. All right. June 7th, Dark Phoenix. No. Yeah. I was not really overwhelmed by uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Don't really care about this. Don't feel like they're, they've earned uh, any sort of benefit of the doubt. And I will have to be talked into seeing this. I will go if someone gets me weed. All right. So. It will be if someone if someone wants to get me stoned, I will go see it. But I, I oh, and I am not paying. I have not liked it. I have not liked an X Men film since uh, X Two, and I hate saying that because of uh, because of Brian Singer being icky. But mm-hmm. but that is the I, I don't count Logan as an X Men film, so I that yeah, that's not part of it. But I, I have not liked any of. I mean, even the new class have been like okay, good actors, but the movies have kind of sucked. And I think once again, they're just going to screw up the Dark Phoenix storyline. Yeah, they absolutely are. I, I, I almost might go see it just out of morbid curiosity to see how badly they screw it up. And in what way? <laughs> well, then you can send me the text on that one. All right. That seems fair. <coughs> that seems fair. June 14th, Men in Black International. I would rather, as I said on Twitter, I'm going to spend the day rewatching Javier Grillo. Mark Swatches, um, The Middleman. All right. I never saw any of the Men in Black sequels, but since the pairing of Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson worked so well in Thor Ragnarok, and because it's got all of the bisexuals on Twitter in a frenzy, I'll, I'll probably go. I'll probably go. I watched that trailer and all I could think of was Middleman. I'm, I, I kid you not. I, that's, I, I, I'm like, I just want to watch that show again. No, oh. <laughs> Javi did it better. I'm just going to watch Javi's stuff. I have never seen Middleman. I will admit that. I did uh, buy and download the... Uh, series and i will probably watch it uh, on our trip so i'm looking forward to it and uh, i i I hope i hope you do scott because you know i mean there's a very specific reason why i fought like hell to get him on the show walter and i are both like this is one of the greatest television shows ever and much like um 
much uh, no i don't want to make that joke because those are actually horrible shows it only lasted one season and as much as i hate that it's just the right amount okay he might i've actually i've actually had that conversation with javi in fact Hmm. i love the fact that i can say that i've talked to him enough on twitter i'm using his i'm using his nickname now it it is very uh, pretentious of you yeah Hey, I, I, I can. <laughs> no, you, you, you earned it. You talked. <laughs> this one, yeah, absolutely, I earned. But yeah, after you, after you watch the show, then re-listen to. Oh no, I'm sorry, we can't because that episode doesn't exist anymore. But the uh, the show that we did with Javi um, would make a lot more sense. But we did. There was lots of love for Howard the Duck in the beginning. So, oh, you mean Howard the Duck, the comic book? The comic, yes, not the movie. Okay. Did I tell you that somebody linked to our Howard the Duck show and we were getting hundreds of hits off of it from uh, the Nordic countries? Yes, you did mention that. I think that is hysterical. If you're listening to this one, hi, Nordic countries. Yes, especially to our our friends in Denmark who apparently have an unusual interest in Howard the Duck. I I hope it was clarifying for you. Um, (laughs) But anyway. Yeah. but yes, you need to see the middleman. Okay, all right. Well, maybe maybe we can, since the the old show uh, is in the ether, maybe we can get him back on, talk about it after I've seen it. Oh, I will try. Okay. I will try. Hey, if he's your buddy Javi, you should be able to. Well, I I, I tried. <laughs> no, the last time I tried, I didn't get an answer back. But I've talked to him several times on Twitter since then, so I'll try again. All right. There you go, people. You're my witness. June twenty first, Toy Story four. I'm going to see it, but I have a feeling that I'm going to be bawling like a baby at the end of it. And it's going to piss me off. All right. I don't think I saw three, so I don't I'm a little behind on what what's going on with the toys. Well, but, there uh, was there was a moment in three that was a total emotional, like beginning of Last of Us <laughs> punched the testicles. Yeah, I heard that. People were complaining on Twitter about about it or, or somewhere. I read somewhere where people were, were bitching the movie out because it made them cry. So. I wasn't bitching about it. I absolutely loved it, but just the fact that it didn't irritate the hell out of me for obvious reasons. And I'm like, supposedly there are parts in this that are going to be even worse. I'm like, I don't know if I want that, but I'm going to see it in the theaters. I know I am. Mm, yeah. It's a it's a Pixar film. I mean, there, there hasn't been a Pixar film that I've missed in the theaters, so... Did you see planes or was that just video? That was just video. Oh, okay. no, wait a minute. You know what? I don't remember. All right. I never saw planes. So if that did actually get released in the theaters, then I'm wrong. But I think it was just video, but I could be wrong. All right. Next up. And I don't know why I didn't write down the date, but it's Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, I'll see it. Yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Live action. No, it's not. You're a big freaking liar. Lion King. July 19th. I kind of not want to see it just because it's not live action. You're a big freaking liar. Fuck you. Yeah. I kind of want to boycott it just for that reason alone. Yeah. And second, it's another remake, which I guess is fine. That's a tradition as old as Hollywood and, and doesn't always result in diminishing returns. I mean, hell, the, the classic Maltese Falcon was Hollywood's third attempt to adapt that novel. Uh, uh, right, right, right. Uh, that said, uh, no. I'm probably not going to go see this. Yeah, no, not at all. All right, July 26th, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, uh, uh, that'll probably be a runner for me. 
I, I, I don't like watching Tarantino's films in the theater. Why is that? I don't know. I think it's I, I like watching. I, I think just because the way he writes dialogue, I think it's just easier for me to appreciate the dialogue just sitting there at home with the screen right in front. Of, I don't know. I just I, I just I've seen a couple of Tarantino's films in theaters, but I seem to prefer watching them at home. OK, um, with this film, I don't care about the Mansons. I'm sick of the story and don't. And, want to yeah, see- there is that, too. That's another thing. Kind of. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, I don't. I just I don't want to see it regurgitated one more time. However, since I saw firsthand what they did to transform Hollywood Boulevard into the way it looked in 1969, what an amazing job the art directors did. Oh, really? OK, yeah. I haven't heard. I knew you I knew you said that they were transforming it, but I haven't heard that. So they did a nice job. They did. I, I took some pictures, posted a few. It was incredible period detail. So I'm tempted to go see it just for the movie Magic. On the other hand, I, because of that, I'm going to have a really hard time paying attention to the story and I'm going to be looking at the background the whole time. So right. I probably should just rent this and then just pause it. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I would enjoy it in a, in a movie theater. August 2nd is The New Mutants. Oh, they're finally releasing it? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, don't care. Now, I was I was interested when I first saw the trailer and it looked like a real horror film. Yes. But supposedly there have been some reshoots. Oh. So it might not even be the same film. And honestly, even if it is by this point, I don't care. So I'll probably rent it, but I won't see it in the theaters unless the next trailer shows it still to be a horror film. Then I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm kind I, of like that train has moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I I to, to me, all, I I was thinking the same thing. The, the new mutants feels like a renter. But I did like Anya Taylor Joy and Split. Uh, I do like Maisie Williams, and I do like the fact that they're kind of that they're trying to pull a Marvel by telling a superhero story through another genre. In this case, hopefully horror, but. I worry about the new mutants because I already got burned by the new monkeys. Everybody got burned by the new monkeys. It chapter two, September 6th. I guess oh, I'll I, be there. I, I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed the first one. And even though the adult part of the original miniseries was my least favorite part. And I hated that part of the book. I'm going to give the director the benefit of the doubt because I really enjoyed part one. So I'm like, maybe you'll be able to make the back half of the story. Interesting to me. Let's see. It's a it's a quandary because I don't I'm not a Stephen King fan. And I say that as somebody who has never read any of his work, which seems like a prerequisite for deciding uh, whether you're a fan of somebody or not. I did. I did read it and it's not one of my favorite novels to begin with. So that's why I was so surprised. I liked the the film as much as I did. I mean, the miniseries, the only reason I liked it even back when it aired was because of Tim Curry. Right. I mean, that Pennywise was fucking amazing for the time. I genuinely enjoyed it part one. I liked it better than I thought I would, as as we discussed at the time. So yeah. I, I guess I really don't have any choice. But to be fair, you know, as I, I can, as much as I do rag on Stephen King as well, he did write what I think is one, the, the scariest book I ever read. What was that? Pet Cemetery. That I read that book at just the right age. I got it for Christmas the year it came out. Whatever I was a teenager, whatever year it actually came out. So that was the year, and that book scared the hell out of me. I still remember getting to the the, the last page of the book, and the last line gave me nightmares for four days. Wow. 
I still remember it. The, the ending line of the book, darling, she said, her voice was grating full of dirt. It just, it, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can't wait, you know, even though they already did a great version of the movie, I'm actually genuinely looking forward to the remake of Pet Cemetery. I really don't want to call it a remake. It's a new adaption of the novel. Mm-hmm. So there is a slight differentiation there. Slight. Uh, B, I cannot fucking wait to see John Lithgow as Judd Crandall. All right. That alone, that performance alone, I think is just going to make this film worth it. Sorry, random tangent, but that's what we do here. That's what we do. October 4th, Joker. I need to see a trailer before I make any decision. Yeah, we're, we're getting... I need, I need to see something. Right now, the idea of a Joker prequel film, just because it's a prequel, pisses me off. But I keep hearing things about the way they're filming it, and I'm slightly intrigued. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I need to see some actual footage before I can make any sort of decision on that puppy. I'm with you there, because it's... I, I'm already prejudiced against it, because it is a prequel, and I don't... And it's an origin for the Joker, which I think is not a good idea. No, 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 no. I I know there's people who feel it's been done well. But to me, there are just don't tell me. Here's the thing. I'm of two minds about origin stories for monsters. I mean, on the one hand, if it's if it's like Frankenstein's monster. Characters like the Joker, uh, serial killers uh, from slasher films. I don't care. I don't want to know. I think it diminishes them. I think I think the default for any prequel or origin story for an established character is diminishment. I think you make them lesser than themselves because if they hit and, and really grab the audience's imagination, then they were introduced at exactly the right time. That that's the person you what you want to see, whoever they were when they first made a splash. You don't want to go back and see what their problems were with mommy. You don't want to see how bedwetting led to serial killing. So uh, this this has got to show me something different and worthwhile and not just, oh, we're going to explain how the clown prince of crime came to be. Agreed. All right. November 8th, Kingsman 3. What? Yeah. I, I was surprised too. What? Yep. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Wasn't again, again. I'll need to see a trailer, but I liked the first two, so hey, why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's this one's a little bit tougher. Frozen two, December thirteenth. Don't care okay. at all. Not tough. Not as tough as I thought it was going to be. That's great. Okay, what a relief. That wasn't a fan of the first one. Don't care. Well, I don't like, like the. Yeah, I like the first one fine. I just don't feel like I need to see anymore. I mean, I had to sit through that fucking. Olaf's magical Christmas short last year before a movie and so many people got pissed off they actually got rid of it Mm -hmm. and I wish I could remember what film we were seeing but I remember it was a movie that I was really looking forward to and um, I really wanted to see it and 10 minutes into the 20 minute Olaf's magical Christmas I was like now I just want to fucking leave (laughs) apparently you were not alone I, I was when I heard that they they got rid of it because people complained. I was like, ha, 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 good. Yeah, no, they did. They did. They did a full blown musical, and unfortunately, Olaf is the central character. All right. Well, say no more. Olaf is the Kenny of Frozen. <laughs> All right. You can say that one more thing because that was okay. Worth it. 
And we end with this, December 20th, Star Wars, Episode 9. Oh, come on, you know. Well, now, Star Wars... I'm probably going to see a... I'm probably going to see a preview. Right, you probably are. Uh, Star Wars has a a special connection to the Slumgullion and vice versa, because that was our first show, was uh, The Force Awakens. So, there's no question we're going to see it, and... I think it's probably going to be good. I have I have a reasonably good feeling about it. And I also think that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to rage their way across social media because no matter how it ends, it's not going to end the way it ends in their headcanon. Or they're going to be mad because it ends. And Star Wars never ends. It's a never-ending story. I I'm going... I was able to do it with Last Jedi, which makes me happy. But I am going to pull a George Carlin and just sit back and laugh at the freak show because it's going to be a freak show again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's you, you just know it. There's no way that it's not. Um, I'm my big thing. I, I hate saying this and it's not even a, I'm a little bit nervous about the fact that Abrams is coming back. Me, too. Not that I hated The Force Awakens. But he's not known for original solutions to storytelling problems. Exactly. That's I. I'm a, that kind of worries me a little bit. Uh, I don't know who 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 wrote this one. I'm also. I can't lie. I'm. A, I'm really w- wondering about the the whole fact that this was originally supposed to be a very Leia centric film. Yeah. The fact that I uh, that. Does weigh heavily. Are they going to be able to rework it effectively? They, they definitely had to scramble. I mean, I'm looking at the writing credits now. And, and of course, writing credits for films that are still in production are never final. Right. But it's already screenplay J.J. Abrams, Colin Trevorrow, who got oh, fired. Oh, jeez. Who got yes. fired. So the, Chris Terrio. Okay. And Derek Connolly. Chris Terrio worked on the Pirates films, didn't he? He did, yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave that alone. I think that's probably off the best. I mean, he also worked on Argo, which I think was a, a really okay. Point taken. Thank you. Film. That's right. I do remember remember his name on something that I really enjoyed. So thank you. But he also has Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Man of Steel on his resume. So yes, but he also co-worked on Argo. I'm thinking about Argo. Leave me alone, Scott. All right. Okay. So the other uh, possibility. This is my other prediction. Is that because. It's J.J. Abrams, and especially because he wasn't the original director and was and obviously the script has had to be severely reworked. So he's probably had a lot of input. Uh, There's going to be a lot of Star Wars comfort food in this. There's going to be a lot of familiar stuff. Oh, absolutely. Lando's finally coming back. So. Right. So and that'll be that'll be fun, I think. But because it won't challenge viewers the way The Last Jedi did, instead of having a bunch of angry haters on uh, social media, we may get people going, yes, finally, they they gave us the Star Wars we want. They gave us the... I have a feeling it's going to be another greatest hits compilation. Uh, that would not surprise me. It's going to be, it's going to be the return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because like, uh, that was uh, 13 years old. I remember this vividly going to see return of the Jedi. The day it came out, I was there for the first show and the the uh, job of the hut sequence plays out, and I'm into it. I fucking loved that scene. And then, as the rest of the movie plays out, I'm sitting here thinking, I've seen this movie already. <laughs> 
And I remember Empire Strikes Back blew me the fuck away on so many levels. But seeing Jedi, as big of a fan as I was, I really could not, did not like Jedi after Jabba's Palace at all. And I still don't. Yeah, it's the weakest. It's a, it's a, it's a conclusion to the trilogy. That's the best I can say about it. It concludes the trilogy. And I'm I'm really kind of worried that this trilogy is going to follow the original trilogy in that respect too. It's it's an ever present threat. It just it's it's built into the, the format. Uh if exactly. You, if you spend two films or two novels or two whatever building I mean, I'm sure it's a problem in Rog Wagner's ring cycle. Uh Building up to a conclusion, you make it increasingly hard for your conclusion to to justify all the previous work that went into it, to, to measure up to the expectations you've raised over two films or however many. I mean, I, I guess, like I said, it's I, I know I'm going to like it. I know I am. I'm going to because I've enjoyed this trilogy and I'm actually really intrigued to see how J.J. Abrams ties up all the loose ends that Ryan Johnson left. Yeah, if he does. Yeah, if he does, point taken. That brings us to the end of our review of upcoming films. You know, what we thought about what we've seen. And all we can leave you with is our hopes for a better tomorrow. I have no comments to add to that because I just say something bad. You're right. Better tomorrow. Yay. And uh, Jeff's sincerity, I feel, really sells this concept. Better tomorrow. Yay. Jeff's sincerity really sells this concept better tomorrow yay that's as good as it's gonna get folks i'm sorry thanks for joining us please be here next year if any of us are and we'll do more of this stuff and maybe we'll do it better i don't know if you got suggestions send them in to the slumgullium at aol.com and why is it aol because it's it's aol there's nothing on there there's plenty of room for mail or you can leave a comment on the slumgullion.com or you can give Jeff a hard time on at the slumgullion on Twitter. Or Scott a hard time at Scott Clevenger on Twitter. Please do. My times have been too good. Give me some hard times. And with a better that, tomorrow. Yay. A better tomorrow. I, I feel like we're either wishing you all the best or we're violating the intellectual property of John Woo. A better tomorrow. Yay.